Good morning. Boy, it's a hot one here in June. June in Japan is hot and humid. And it is that here today. Sorry, I'm adjusting the mic maybe a little bit. Just a little bit noisy. Uh-oh, that's what I did last time. Oh, nope, still recording. All right, sorry, I'm still messing with mic configurations. Anyway, my name is Mike, <laughs> Mike Configurations, uh, and this is Driving Theology, and uh, you're joining me on my commute to work today. We've got about 35 minutes of driving ahead of us, so here we go. Got seatbelt on. Might be running a smidge late kind of story of my life. <laughs> uh, last week I recorded a podcast, but somehow it stopped recording in the middle. I'm going to have to monitor this to, to make sure it doesn't happen again. Uh, so I may be grabbing the mic just to look at the uh, LED to make sure everything is still um, on the up and up from time to time. So thanks for putting up with me. But yeah, last week somehow it stopped in the middle. I don't know why. Battery seems to be fine. We seem to have plenty of uh, uh, space on the SD card, so I don't know what happened. So lately, uh, I think maybe I've s s said this, but I've recently replaced my, well, I added to my GoPro arsenal. I, I've had a GoPro 3 for I don't know, eight, nine years, something like that. And it's just gotten old and it uh, doesn't completely work anymore. So I replaced my GoPro with the new GoPro 9. And last couple nights I've been having a lot of fun with it because uh, I've been doing time lapses of the sky at night. And GoPro uh, has really uh, decent uh, adjustments that you can make on it. Uh, to uh, pick up more light, right? Shutter speed and whatnot, ISO and all of that. So, yeah, so I uh, watched a YouTube video about how to set it up for uh, different different kinds of night sky with, you know, one where the moon is in the sky and one where it isn't. Um, makes a difference because the moon does create a lot of light. And basically, Light is noise uh, in uh, night skies, right? Which is ironic because you're trying to pick up light, but uh, you're trying to pick up the lights of the stars, but you really want the lights of the stars with the black of the night uh, surrounding those stars to, to make them, uh, to make the contrast even greater, right? To make them shine even brighter. And what happens is light from the ground uh, gets uh, reflected in the atmosphere, right? In the air and the clouds, so depending on how cloudy it was or whatever. So two nights ago, I, uh, for the first time, I, I did a kind of an angled take so I could see, uh, for example, a tree, I could get, I could see the land and then the sky above that. So it's a fisheye view, very wide angle. Uh, and so I was able to get all of that uh, in in the shot 
Um, but what that meant was the the noise from the the light, the light pollution. I guess is another way to say it, right? <clears throat> the light pollution uh, distorted the picture a little bit, um, and so it wasn't quite as bright as I would have liked it. And it was a a, a semi a partly cloudy night, which is kind of nice actually. The movement of the clouds with the movement of the stars is kind of a neat contrast. Okay, I'm going to check this to make sure I'm recording, and I am. Okay, sorry for the extra noise. Yeah, so, um, oh, that's what it is. Wonder. Check, check, check. Yeah, this is not very loud, is it? Check, check, check. I wonder why. Back here, it's really loud. Up here, it's not very loud. I do want it up. Okay. Yeah. So. Um, sorry, the sound's going to be kind of weird. I, I think my mic is configured differently than I thought it was. I may have to check the settings next time. Wish it didn't move like that. might be better okay uh, yeah so last night uh, anyway so the GoPro battery only lasts maybe two and a half three hours so in that time the way I had it said I got about 360 some odd uh, 30 second exposure shots right um, and that you know turns out to be three hours worth of video if you were to watch it in real time but of course you speed it up and that's what makes time-lapse videos interesting uh, because you can really notice the rotation uh, well the rotation of the earth by seeing the stars rotate right the stars are actually more fixed points than we are in a sense and so the earth rotates and you can see us rotating toward or away from different stars right and uh, really fascinating, very mesmerizing. Uh, perhaps that's where we get that term, I don't know. Uh, but I was very mesmerized watching uh, these videos. And so last night, it rained a little bit uh, in the evening, which cleared up the air quite a bit. And, <clears throat> and so I had planned on putting the... Uh, camera out again because I knew it was going to get uh, the, it was going to be a clear night and uh, lo and behold there were just a few clouds in the first couple minutes and then it was just clear uh, and the video the GoPro picked up some really nice uh, took some really nice pictures uh, and this time I, I really didn't aim it I just aimed it up this time I didn't want to get any land and because of the fisheye view I got a little bit of my roof on my house because I was taking it from my balcony which I'm trying to get up out of the out of the light that comes from you know my house um, so I took it from my balcony and that produced some really really nice clear video and almost and actually when, once you cut it down to 4k size and make it in kind of cin cinematic uh, what do you call it 
the ratio, um, screen size, whatever. And it takes out the roof, and then you just see the rotation. What happens is these clouds go away, and then as they go away, the Milky Way rotates right into the center uh, of the shot. And now we're in Japan, and there's still a lot of light here, and there's a lot of uh, atmosphere in Japan. It's it's a very humid country, so it's not perfect, but with these long shutter speeds, letting in as much light as possible, I'm just really impressed by how nice these shots are turning out. And it's not even like the greatest weather. I can't wait until I'm able to uh, have a clear winter night um, and you know the kind of shots I'll probably get then that's gonna be just amazing uh, kind of excited I hope I'm still interested in this by the time winter rolls around but I would lo love to go and camp at the top of a mountain somewhere and get this uh, starscape with uh, trees around it I think it'd be beautiful and also get away from the the city lights as much as I can so maybe I'll try to do that this summer um, yeah so uh, so the Milky Way came into view from, from left to right, kind of spun into view, and it also picked up several things last night that it didn't pick up the first night, and that, uh, that is comets, right? Probably seven, eight comets, and I believe I even got a satellite. Um, whatever it is, it's, it's very clear and it comes into view twice. It comes in and goes out thinking that it's reflecting differently as it moved probably. Uh, but it's very clearly right smack dab in the, in the center of the time lapse, uh, just below the Milky Way. Um, now the, the colors of the Milky Way are not like some people have gotten with, you know, who are professional photographers. It's just, it's just kind of a milky white, right? And it's not, it's, it's a very, a very thin white, but quite beautiful, right? Quite. Um, I, I have memories of having seen the Milky Way when I was a kid under a super, super clear sky. Uh, would have been back in the 70s. Uh, and, and I've never seen it since that clear, right? I've, I've never been able to repeat that experience um, because that was just a, an incredibly special experience. Not even sure how to describe it, um, and it's probably, truthfully, become bigger in my head than it actually was. If that makes sense, uh, it's probably nowhere near as great um, uh, as it is in my memory. Um, but in my memory, it was incredibly vivid and, and and obvious, right? Even in this video that I took with the the slow shutter speed, the the Milky Way is visible, but it's not what I would call super obvious. Uh, and I think I'm going to have to make a few uh, adjustments and possibly get to a better location and better better weather to get the kind of shot I'm hoping to get of the Milky Way someday. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I've always loved the stars love looking up at night when the stars are bright. My eyesight's not as good as it once was and so 
being able to take this video and watching it on a screen uh, actually kind of brings back the memories of how I used to be able to see the stars with my with my young uh, super good uh, super good sight. Um, but it does it does make me want to start learning the constellations and I, I, I really don't know many constellations on site uh, the ones the, the one here the first night I caught of course the Big Dipper uh, and that's I'm not even sure what that would have been called at some point I'm sure it was part of another constellation of course we call it the Big Dipper um, in America but yeah that one was super super visible and I know the picture I got today or last night well and early this morning uh, does does get some of uh, there, there are many constellations in there you can just see that they must be something um, the one we get here in the winter when the stars are so bright of course is Orion uh, and I know Orion by sight, but I'd really like to, you know, start to learn more of the constellations, the names of the constellations. I think it's a, I think it's an obvious thing uh, for us to want to know. I think it's part of our human nature uh, to look beyond, to to want to identify, uh, to be fascinated fascinated with things that are just out of reach and just beyond our beyond our grasp right which is another way to say out of reach sorry <laughs> I'm being poetic um yeah so I've always been fascinated with the stars I'm really excited that this uh, new camera is kind of picking stuff up it's it's uh it's a lot of fun to take these shots it's a little bit of work of editing but n nowhere near as much as I thought it would be uh, now what I have to figure out is how to get the best the best quality of the edits that I can um, I suppose what I could do is go out and take individual shots with an even, even slower shutter speed but I, uh, I gotta anyway I gotta figure all that out I'm not sure exactly how it all works but um, yeah, so that's been my hobby the last two days. Uh, been mountain biking still this week. In fact, we uh, we uh, conquered for a second, well, my second time, Pat's third time, the uh, Harutomo Trail, which is a uh, trail twice or actually more than twice as long as the Itomo Trail that we've been doing uh, at least once a week. Uh, that was fun. It was really wet and muddy, which wasn't, uh, the best um, scenario to take to take on that trail, but uh, but it was good. It was fun. Yeah, Pat and I did it together and got some video of that. So I'm hoping to go back and try the uh, Harutomo uh, Harutomo Trail this week solo again, or solo for the first time. I haven't done a solo yet. Maybe we'll get some video up for that. The podcast I started to post last week was about a, a symposium of sorts, um, 
a uh, conversation that we got, uh, uh, Pat and I got together with uh, another, um, I'm not sure the best way to say this. I guess we'll keep it philosophical. Another theist and then two atheists. And we got together on Zoom and had uh, a conversation uh, about an hour long or so. Uh, about the topic of, of belief, faith, uh, and the Bible, which is uh, often the, the center of uh, controversy in, in um, topics of faith, um, mostly because of how the Bible is used. But anyway, we had a great conversation. So uh, a friend of ours, John Racine, who... Uh, I worked with in the past. Well, we worked at the same school, but I really didn't hang out with him. I don't know him very well. Uh, and I've got to know him better over the years on Facebook. He's an atheist, uh, a Canadian guy who lives here in Japan. And uh, he's the one that kind of initiated this. Um, well, I initiated the, the Zoom meeting. Uh, but it was because of a meme that he had posted on Facebook that was a really interesting meme that we got to talk to talking about and had kind of good conversations on on his Facebook page. But I just felt that we would get much deeper and go farther uh, were we to be able to meet at least virtually face to face. Um, and so we did that uh, I guess it's been I guess it's been a week ago Friday so it's been almost it'll be two weeks this Friday by the way today I believe is May sorry June uh, 10th maybe I'm not even sure give me a second I'll give you the exact date yes today is uh, June 9th sorry is June the 9th. Uh, yeah, so this Friday will have been two weeks, and we're planning on doing this together, and I really had hoped that I would be able to record the Zoom conversation and then use it for this podcast. Uh, so maybe I'll try to do it next time. Um, if, if everyone agrees, uh, I'll try to record it. Um, anyway, so we, we talked about... Um, Basically, so the meme. Uh, let me check. Let me check my microphone to make sure we're recording, and we are okay. Uh, the meme that kind of started all this. Okay, that's better. The meme that started all this was uh, basically a, um, as all memes are are usually like. Uh, a little over exaggerated and straight to the point and of course it's going to be like this because of the brevity of memes but basically it said uh, you Christians want me to believe that a genocidal baby killer in the uh, God also cares about unborn children now so uh, you know basically saying that uh, Christians want us to believe that uh, the God who is accused uh, and maybe even brags about uh, having killed children or asking people to kill children, uh, uh, innocent children, by the way, 
in the Bible, and he also talked about children who got uh, killed by bears, right, because they called somebody bald. Um, um, Christians want us to believe that that God also now suddenly uh, cares about the unborn baby, cares about abortion, right? Which is a, first of all, a caricature, caricature of all Christians, right? Not all Christians look at the Bible that way and think about those issues that way. But, but it was a good meme, and it really, it really cut to the quick, right? It got right to the point uh, of the meme, and that is, uh, you Christians have a problem in the way you're reading the Bible, uh, and it doesn't jive. It doesn't add up. And to non-Christians, this is pretty obvious. Uh, to me, it's pretty obvious right now, uh, because I, I feel like I've had kind of uh, part of the veil removed from my eyes, and I see exactly what atheists see when they read the Bible now. Of course, I've already talked about this in, in depth, about how uh, I now read the Bible, which is different uh, than many Christians, perhaps. But anyway, the meme was a great starting place, and it opened up a great conversation, and um, we, we got to some really good talks, uh, both on Facebook and then later uh, later on his uh, on, on Zoom, on the meeting we had. And I'd really like to repeat that um, Zoom meeting. I think, I think it'd be a great thing to have on the podcast if, if everybody would agree. Um, so, yeah, um, it's weird. So I've come to a place where I probably agree on more things with atheists than I agree with many Christians. And yet, uh, my faith in Jesus is greater than it's ever been. Uh, my appreciation of the Bible is greater than it's ever been. Uh, my appreciation of the gospel and of Jesus himself is far greater than it's ever been. Uh, this doesn't make me a better person. It doesn't, it doesn't make me any better than anybody else. Um, I'm just saying the way I feel, my current state of affairs, uh, even though I don't believe in the Bible, in, in, the, in, the, well, in, the, in the same Bible, I don't read the Bible the same way that many Christians do, but I also don't believe in the God that many Christians believe in, a God who, who is uh, hot and cold, who is bipolar at best, uh, who is uh, volatile and flies off the handle and kills people for touching things, um, but at the same time uh, claims to uh, be hesed, everlasting, uh, or, or um, what's the word? Ah, everlasting love is not the word, but anyway, um, ever enduring love, enduring love, everlasting love, I can't remember. Anyway, uh, so I don't believe in the God that many Christians believe in, uh, and I also uh, believe that the God that many Christians believe in does not exist, and that makes me an atheist to Christians. But I believe that God, uh, in the form of Christ, re revealed to us by Jesus, does indeed exist. 
uh, and that he is the God that, that we have always needed and always wanted, right? That he more than fulfills our, our need for a savior, more than fulfills. Um, to the point where, again, I think the Bible shines more brightly. I think Jesus shines more brightly. I think the gospel is more bright uh, than I've ever seen it uh, and more vivid. And, and that sometimes, you know, that, that um, I'll just call it a, a different view of Scripture, uh, of God, of Jesus, of Scripture that I have does make sometimes living in this world difficult because we see so many things happening and so many things that exist that obviously aren't as good as uh, Jesus, that aren't living up to Jesus. Um, but I think my hope is not, not that we uh, somehow figure out how to please Jesus, uh, but my hope is that even if we don't please Jesus, his love doesn't change for us. I, I think that's a wrong way to say it. I think I think we do please Jesus. I think Jesus is just uh, he, he doesn't hold our sins against us. He delights in us uh, as a father to a child. Uh, I think the Christ uh, is and has encircled uh, the earth uh, and is working in places where um, we would never think he is. Uh, and is doing things and working with people who knew we we would never expect that he would work with uh, to bring about um, the conclusion of all things that all of us needs and all of us I think wants. Now, I think the problem becomes not 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 that we the problem is not that every person wishes for wishes for some kind of utopian uh, end, you know, some kind of a, a heaven or an Elysium. We all wish for that for ourselves, but not all of us wish that for everybody else, right? We want, we want the best for us and we want the worst for our enemies. And I think that's where, um, that's, that's part of the, the mistaken characteristics that people have placed on God. They think God's the same way. They think God wants to punish his enemies. In other, in other words, anybody who is sinful uh, but wants to reward his friends, uh, there, thereby making God just like us, right? Uh, just like natural man. Uh, but I suppose the image of God in us is, is when we are allowing that image to shine through, we become just like Jesus, and that is we love our enemies. We want the best for, for our enemies. Uh, we want for our enemies what we wish for ourselves, right? And that's how we know, I think, that, that the image of Christ in us is, is shining through. Not, it's not being suppressed. I think maybe even Paul um, hit on something when he talked about quenching the spirit. I think that's what happens. When you quench the spirit, you start acting like <clears throat> natural man, uh, worldly man. Uh, and I mean the world that man has created, the world that is ruled by um, greed and lust um, and power, right? 
or greed for greed for lust, money, and power. I guess is the best way that we can say that, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, um, man, I'm really meandering today. It's kind of fun. I don't feel like I've meandered like this quite in a while, but um, so I would like to get back to that conversation and, and hopefully get that uh, get that recorded. Maybe even get the video version out there if they would allow it, if the, the members would allow it. Um, we we kind of ended. Um, we we talked about you know how how some people, uh, myself and Pat, for example, read the Old Testament and those passages uh, in the Old Testament of attribute that attribute violence to God, that attribute frankly murder and genocide to God. That we we read as as uh, people blaming God for the things that they did. Right, so saying that God told us to do it, therefore we did it, therefore we are not at fault. God told us to do it, and who is going to judge God? So, so there's no crime committed, right? Basically, uh, and that's part of it. And the other part would be that uh, it's just people's perspective on God, right? They 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 see things that they think God does. And then they start to describe that from their own perspective of uh, being a human, uh, being of finite knowledge and perspective uh, and understanding. Uh, and then they write what they see from that perspective. And that sometimes looks like God is killing people. Uh, and it, part of it's because they come from a paradigm that God controls everything, uh, that God uh, is pulling strings. Um, and therefore, if something happens, God, it must be by God's knowledge and by God's will. If God willed it, therefore he made it happen, therefore God did it, right? The problem with that is it, it does not recognize God's collaborative nature. That God's nature is to collaborate with uh, the beings that he's created in order to bring about the type of world that he wants to make, right? Wants to, and, and, and that also harkens back to the creative process is ongoing, right? The earth is being created still today, right? It's not finished yet, in a sense. <clears throat> um, yeah, so that, that ongoing process of creation uh, man, I totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> let me see. Let me see if I can backtrack just a little bit. So I was talking about the way that people read the Bible. Yeah. So, so yeah, people read the Bible in a way that basically, from a paradigm that God is in control of everything, therefore God is can be blamed for everything, and we, and you know, um, we also can be blamed by God for the things that we do wrong. Um, because God is God, and this comes from a, a uh, theology of sovereignty, right? That God is sovereign, therefore he can do whatever he wants, because he's the king, nobody, nobody is his judge. But yeah, it, what it does is it, it totally misses the fact that, that God wants us to be partners with him in this creative process of making this earth into a heavenly earth. 
a more a more a more perfected earth right um, and that that's that's part of his nature therefore God does not go back on his nature therefore God does not act unilaterally right even even the act of creation itself apparently wasn't unilateral but it was the Trinity working together creating the earth right and so they worked and created the earth and then from that point they continued in their nature which is to be collaborative to, to work with partners to to work by convincing and inspiring right uh, us to do better right finding ways that that God works with with the creation so the creation becomes uh, part of the creative process itself right we start uh, being able to create with God this better uh, this better world and once you realize that God is collaborative in nature that his very nature uh, is to partner with mankind and to partner with the entire creation in bettering creation then you can read the Bible in a different way and realize that you know hey God God isn't in control of the world like like a puppet master or like somebody uh, you know operating a radio controlled car uh, he's actually if, if you want to continue with that metaphor that would be like God you know talking to the car asking it to turn right and to turn left and the car will either obey or it will not um, but even when it doesn't God will continue to convince right continue to work that uh, in a way that that our will begins to slowly over time uh, look like God's will right almost the way that a child is trained up in the way of a parent right um, which is I think in Proverbs right train up a child in the way that he should go and he will not uh, anyway I forgot the rest of it but basically the idea of training Right? The idea of raising children is kind of the same idea. They're going to make a lot of mistakes, but you keep, um, you know, you keep encouraging when a child does good, and you warn a child when he does bad. And slowly, uh, through living life, they've figured out as they go along. Now, the problem with a lot of atheists and their theology is that they tend to take the lowest the lowest version of theology which is this puppet master uh, controlling conniving control freak God and they decide to not believe in that God um, and fair enough I don't believe in that God either so yeah I'm an atheist in that in that way of looking at it but so what I was trying to do with um, in this uh, Zoom meeting that we had was hopefully give another version, a less straw man version of theology to slowly let them realize that, hey, there, there are other theologies out there, more nuanced, uh, more elegant, um, more beautiful uh, in a classic sense, I think. Um, and... and uh, you know, also perhaps less tangible, right? 
uh, and maybe maybe that theology raises even more questions because it is a more complex view of God. Um, but I think I think in the end uh, we're going to have to start accepting complex contrary views, right? We're going to at least, if not accept, at least look into them, study them, get to know the complexity of these views. Um, and hopefully we do this with the, with the hope and the, the desire to want to understand each other more, right? To, to seek to understand uh, other people's positions and not just um, demand to be understood. Uh, and I think once we do that, um, we will start having much friendlier, kinder exchanges, Christians, uh, Christians to atheists and whatnot. Uh, so I'm going to stop there. I got to get into my class. So thank you guys for listening. Have a great day. Looks like we got the whole thing. So we'll talk to you later. Bye bye.